Welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast. If it's your first time listening, my name's John. I'm a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I'm a certified dog trainer and canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing how moving into a new home affects your dog and what you can do to help them. So I think a lot of us have been seeing the market going crazy lately after this virus. The real estate market. Yes. So a lot of people are moving, depending on where you live. John and I are obviously in New Jersey. Um, a lot of people are, we're seeing coming from New York, leaving New York, coming down here. And it's it's nuts. Like the, the licenses that we're seeing, I mean, it's constant, just New York licenses all over the place. Obviously, people are coming here for the summer as well because it's a little bit nicer down here. Because of this, a lot of people are selling their homes. Uh, this includes John's parents, my in-laws. So weird. It's How do you like, feel about it? It's been like 19 years in that house, I think. I feel like you moved a lot in the beginning of your life, and then that was the and house that stuck. And then we settled stuck. down, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so that's that's almost like the only house I've ever really known. Yeah. Because everywhere else was just short intervals. So yeah, it's really weird. But a long time coming. Yeah, you were, you were expecting it? Yeah, eight, eight years ago, my dad said he was selling the house when I, when I graduated high school. <laughs> I love your dad so much. Well, that never happened. <laughs> I feel, and I felt, because John and I have been together for a little over four years now, I felt like the second I came into the situation, he was trying to sell his house. Yes, <laughs> like, it's, been a, it's been like a decade in the making, and then it happens in three weeks. Yeah. Like, he's, he decides, all right, we're going we're gonna to list it, we got to do all this stuff, we, we go to the house, we're doing all this stuff on the house. Fixing the kitchen. We, we did the, the steps, entire kitchen. <laughs> and then it's on the market and there's an offering yeah. the same day or the next day. Yeah, to they put it they put the house up on Friday or Saturday. Friday. And they got an offer Sunday. And it was there was twenty different families that came through over the weekend. So they're moving. Yes. Uh they don't have a house yet that they found, but they uh definitely accepted an offer on their house. But we're seeing firsthand, I mean, it doesn't help that they have anxious dogs. Well, Zoe's not as bad. Zoe's not as bad. Daisy Zoe's the Boston Terrier. The, Zoe's the Boston Terrier. Um, they're both rescues. Zoe, she looked like she bounced around from like three different families in the first year of her life. Um, she is technically purebred. We actually do have her papers. But she came from Castle of Dreams over here in Keyport. So her name was Cookie. Cookie. <laughs> Cookie. Yeah. She's just nutty. You know, she's not like, I wouldn't say like super anxious. I mean, she is to a certain extent, but it's more attention seeking where she's like, you know, that I always say she's that girlfriend that won't stop calling. Yes. <laughs> you, you look at her. She's like, oh, you want, you want to pet me? You want me to kiss you in the mouth? Like she'll go in your mouth. Like she's, she's like that. Um, and then Chichi Bean, which her actual name is Daisy May, but we call her Chichi Bean. She also came from Castle of Dreams. Uh, this was after Grandma Grace survived cancer because she's a warrior and wanted a dog. And Jackie kept saying, my mother-in-law kept saying, you don't want a dog. <laughs> and she didn't listen, so she got Chichi Bean. And then within 24 hours, Chichi Bean was at John's house. And she's been there ever my, since. My grandmother, she likes dogs. She doesn't love dogs. <laughs> what did she say? This this dog she keeps, keeps staring at me. Yeah, so. <laughs> Which Jackie knew was going to happen, so Chichi Bean was at uh, John's house to stay, and she's been there for, what, the last six years? Mm. About six now? No, more. Yeah, I guess, yeah, six years. Six years? Yeah. Her name, when we got her from the rescue, was Tiffany. (laughs) Tiffany. These rescues need to stop. These names. It's just crazy. There's only so many human names that you should be giving to dogs. And then Oakley. Our Oakley was Ugh. Bud 3. Bud 3. Come on. No originality. What's Bud 3? Really? You're going to put a, a number at the end of my dog's name? It's just offensive. So 
Chi Chi Bean, we think she was way younger than they thought that she was. We think she was around six months. Because she's, in those pictures you show me, John, she's tiny. Her ears are bigger than her head. Oh, yeah. Um, she's a, so she's a Chihuahua, so a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. We don't really know her story either, you know, where she came from or if she was a, you know, a mutt or designer breed. We don't really know what was going on there. So they've had her ever since. She's, she definitely is a hyper bonded dog. So she does not like to be affectionate to multiple people most of the time. She really does attach to Jackie 100%. If Jackie like goes to the bathroom, Chi Chi will literally like stand outside the bathroom. And sometimes even if Jackie goes to take a shower and takes too long, she'll pee. I don't know if it's a spiteful pee or if it's an anxious pee. I think it's a combo, but she definitely is anxious away from Jackie. Unless she's in the crate. She really loves the crate. When her her and Zoe are in there together, she like runs in there. So she's definitely comfortable there. But Chi Chi is like our main issue here. So because they're moving and they were showing the house all weekend, they couldn't be in the house. Zoe's a huge barker and um, she gets very excited, but it, it comes off a little nasty like we've always talked about, especially if she's in a crate. <clears throat> she looks a little bug-eyed. So they had her go to Grandma Grace's house, which was probably, what, seven minutes down the street? Yeah. Um, but that's not a norm for them. They don't... Well, have they ever been at Grandma Grace's house other than uh, the night that Chi-Chi spent the, there? The one night Chi-Chi spent, and that's about <laughs> it. So this is not a familiar place for them. Now, unfortunately, Chi-Chi and Zoe don't... They don't get out much. Uh, they go to the vet, and maybe your brother will walk Zoe down the street. But they're not like super social dogs other than in their own house. So this was not prepped for. Again, we did not know this was going to happen. So it was kind of just last minute. Let's do what we can do. If you listen to the first small bite that the biggest mistakes puppy owner makes, puppy owners make, I address this. They lack a resilience to change changing in, in their environment mm-hmm. because they don't experience change in their environment very often. So it's like what I was talking about in that episode when you experience Changing your environment after many, many years of no change in the environment, it becomes very stressful. Yes. Unlike our dogs who have been literally going everywhere since the day we got them. Um, John and I are a very active couple. We go to both of our parents' houses all the time. We love to drive so the dogs will come with us. So like in terms of going places, they're both, they're rock solid. Um, I mean, again, we had Pudge since she was two weeks old and she's been in the car. She loves the car. She thinks it's the best thing ever. Um, And Oakley does not care where you take him. He is that ride or die dog that will go anywhere you want him to go as long as you are with him and he is happy. So really different in terms of our dog's anxieties for sure. Um, So the girls went to Grandma Grace's house. I think they did really well considering. I know Jackie was saying that they're definitely besides themselves, but I think they did really good considering the situation. So Saturday and Sunday, they pretty much spent the whole day at Grandma Grace's with... um, you know, they were there with them for most of the time, but, you know, sometimes they needed to run out. Uh, they came here for a little bit to see the baby and, you know, the girls were left alone. We want to talk about how to make sure that this doesn't happen to you. Um, so how do you get your dog acquainted with other people's houses? Like, let's say this was, you know, months ago and uh, Jackie and Carlo, my in-laws, knew that they were going to be putting their house up for sale and that this would have to be the situation because the girls couldn't stay there. My suggestion would be, months ahead of time, slowly bring the girls to Grandma Grace's house for an hour at a time, maybe every other week, and then start weekly, and then add more time to it. So they get more accustomed to being at Grandma Grace's house, and it's not a negative thing. Um, They get food and praise while they're there. They get attention. Um, No one's leaving them. We're not doing anything that's going to be harmful towards their anxiety. So this is a big thing. So that's what I would do if we knew what we were dealing with prior. 
some people in this situation, normally it's not that many people that are coming to your house in one weekend because they, they had a lot. They had 20 families. So that's a good chunk of time to be away from your home. Sometimes it's like an hour or two. Then you can just go for a ride or take them to the park or this and that. Again, my in-laws dogs are not used to these types of things. So again, I would say take them for a walk to the park like once a week and then add it, you know, two times a week where you're going. Chi Chi is definitely more petrified of this. Um, she definitely feels safer in Jackie's arms. So whatever they can do to kind of keep her under wraps is, you know, the main priority. But just desensitizing them in general to the car as well, because the only time they ever go in the car is when they're going to the vet. So again, this is this is a trigger for them. So we want to make sure that they understand, okay, it's not a negative thing. We're going somewhere great. Um, and again, you have to do this prior to the event. Their home is the only home they've known ever. And they need to know that there are other safe places other than the house. Yes. So would you recommend removing the dogs from the house when people come over to like see it when, when there's showings or when your house is for sale? Do you think that they should be like, obviously it's necessary for, mm-hmm. for Zoe and Chi Chi, but yeah. should everybody try and make that a thing? Because when we were looking for a house, uh-huh. there was that one time there was that boxer just chilling in the corner of the room in his crate, just <laughs> watching us like, hey, it's so cute. Yes, my house. Didn't bark, hardly moved. Just was nice, just chilling. Nice closet and down the hallway if you yeah. check that out. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, do you do you think that that's something that everybody should try and do if they're gonna sell their house, get the dog out of the house? I don't know. I think I'm a little bit different in this. Uh, you know me. I'm more. I I function on emotions and positivity. Seeing the dog in the house made me like the house more, and the yeah. dog was good. I think if your dog isn't like a Chi Chi and Zoe situation and they can handle it, sure. But again, you don't know people. You don't know what they're gonna do to your dog. So like, there's multiple things here. So like, me seeing the dog in the home. And us being respectful dog owners, we did not approach the dog. We let the dog be. We weren't like, oh my God, dog, let me pet you through the crate in your home and I'm a stranger and then get myself bit. We're smart enough to not do that, but I don't know if there are other people that can restrain themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on off an emotional thing, um, seeing the dog in the home and seeing how the dog fit in the home and all the, the great dog stuff they had there made me like the house more and it let me kind of picture myself in it with our dogs if that makes sense so you're saying use your dog as a sales tactic <laughs> stage every house with <laughs> a dog that sounds awful no i'm just saying i like the house more when i saw the cute little pup in there and i say little he was like 90 pounds um yeah i think it's probably best to take your dogs out of the situation just because you can't trust anybody and you know some people uh might you know and, and your dog might get scared you know they it's these are strangers coming into their home and you're not there to Back them up. Right. It could be a scenario that you might think your dog's good in, but they've never actually encountered it. Yeah, because how often do you leave your dog and at least five people come into your home by themselves? Yeah. You know? If you have a dog walker, yeah, but that's like one person. So it's a little different. They're who they've outnumbered. Met prior. Who they've met prior. At least you know? they should have. If, yes. If you're using a dog walker you've <clears throat> never met before. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Take your dogs out. And this is just something to prep for. Again, this is a different circumstance because the virus has kind of made everything go haywire. That so many people want to buy houses right now that they had so many people come. So it was like longer periods of time. But I think the best advice I can get give people is get your dogs out of the house. Walk them down the street. Walk them in the park. Take them to, you know, if you don't have a Grandma Grace, because not everybody has a Grandma Grace. 
if you have a friend that, you know, maybe doesn't have other dogs or just has like an, uh, they don't mind other dogs coming into their home, practice. Uh, take your dogs with you if you go to just hang out with them for a little bit. You know, if you're even thinking about selling your home, think about your dog and what you're going to do with them while people are in your home and looking at it. It's kind of hard to be out of your house for such a long period of time. Like, let's say it's like a three hour span. It's a long time to just drive around with your dog. So I think that's that's the number one thing to think about. So that ship has sailed for my parents. Yes. The girls did good, they, though. They did. Well, yeah, they good. They, they really did good. Did. They, they were out of the house. I think that's key for Daisy, Gigi. Yeah. But now we have our... Tiffany. <laughs> um, now we have our next Well, they issue. accepted the offer, so now it's no longer selling. It's been sold. They're going through attorney review, and, and you know every, all the due diligence will follow. Yes. So now we can still attack on this next thing. Which is going to be big. So the next stage is now the only home that they've ever known sans Tiffany's 12 hours with Grandma Grace (laughs) until she came to our house and became Daisy. The only home they've ever known is about to be gone. They won't live there anymore. And now they're going to have to transition into a new home. Brand new home. That's tough. That's scary. I think Zoe will obviously do a little bit better than Chichi Bean because again, as long as um, she's getting attention and people that she knows are around her, she's... She's good. She's she's probably going to be a little bit more anxious, a little bit more needy, but I see Chi-Chi Bean possibly shutting down a little bit, um, especially once they move in and your parents start going back to work, like full time, mm-hmm. and they're in the crate. I, th- I think the crate is her safe place, but I've again, the only other place I've ever seen her in the crate is at Grandma Grace's for this past weekend. So I, I'm interested to see how this goes, but I do think it would probably be wise for your parents to continuously bring Chi-Chi and Zoe to Grandma Grace's because the weekend it wasn't enough you know what I mean they're not desensitized to that yet so you know that's that's a safe place they can come here our dogs love them they're all besties so bringing them new places so they get accustomed to that that's something like going new places for them is like what is this there Mm -hmm. must be something wrong we don't normally do this and we don't want that we want them to think good things so when if they came here they see Oakley and Pudge Two dogs that they are super comfortable around. They see us. They see the baby. They can run in the backyard. Um, That's a positive for them. It's not super scary. And again, mom and dad would be here or you and I or all four of us. So I think being proactive on taking them places in between this next couple weeks, you know, however long it's going to take for them to close on the new house that doesn't exist yet, we don't know. So using this time valuably and trying to socialize them as much as possible. But then also we have transitioning them into the new home. A lot of people, I actually had a, Ash, Ash's mom, they bought a new home Mm -hmm. and she reached out to me and she said, you know, what's the best way to get him acclimated? And what I always say is the day you move in, when all the furniture is coming in and the place is a mess, like it, it always is because you're trying to get things done all at once. Do not bring the dogs there while you are organizing because you're not focused on them. They have no idea what's going on. People are moving very large furniture. There's drilling going on, banging, the hammers. The door is open. Yep. Yes. Doors are opening constantly. And your dogs, obviously, your parents' dogs love to go to the front door and yes. just slip out if they can. And also, like, this isn't home yet. Exactly. So get me out of here type situation. That's a recipe for disaster. So my suggestion to your parents would be let the girls stay at Grandma Grace's or at our house until... Nighttime has settled. They're about to, you know, order some pizza because no one's cooking in their new home the first night um, and settle in for a little bit. Um, again, we don't know what the situation's going to be, if they're going to be sleeping there right away. But whatever it is, when it's calmer and they have more time to devote to the two of them being there, then 
they can come to the house. What I normally do, I would say walk your dogs through each room on leash and giving them treats the entire time, talking to them, um, getting them acquainted with what's going on for a little bit. On leash usually makes them feel a little bit more secure, but again, your parents' dogs aren't on leash often, so I don't think this is a huge thing for them. Again, it's whatever your dog is used to. If your dog is comfortable on leash and you go for walks often, this will be kind of like a... uh, a precursor for them where they feel a little bit more secure because they are restrained a little bit. So yeah. we're taking um, a little bit of the excitement away from them so they can process properly. I'm sure my mom could just carry Chi Yes, I think Chi Chi would be carried. Um, she's like, what, six pounds <laughs> if that? She's On so tiny. Um, and Zoe's like probably 16 pounds. Was that when she was sick? Is she 20 pounds? Yeah, she's probably closer to 20. 20 pounds. Um, she is definitely more excited. I think that she'd rather be on the floor walking around on her own. So I think that's huge. And again, having this a positive thing, maybe like the rest of us being there, like your brothers, your brother and sister, make an exciting thing, make it familiar for them as, you know, people wise, um, because the house in itself is not familiar at all and could freak them out. And I think it's fair to say accidents are going to happen. Hopefully in the new house, we can kind of make sure that doesn't happen. Um, It's a, it's a new opportunity. It's a fresh start. So maybe we can kind of get in there and work on it with them. Um, but again, this comes down to consistency from your parents and just making sure that they're on it and making sure they're going to the bathroom outside before yes. they're leaving them. And, and be understanding of accidents are going to happen. They're not familiar with the space. Mm-hmm. This is stressful. Yes. They might even regress on their potty draining because of this. So just be open and, uh, you know, be their advocate. Yes. Don't immediately freak out. Of course, it's a new home. You obviously don't want that in your new home. But at the same time, this is super scary for most dogs. Again, if they're not socialized, like this is so brand new and and just, you know, a new situation that they have to acclimate to. And and if you're yelling at them or getting upset with them, becoming frustrated, changing your behavior towards them at all in a negative way, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to associate that with the new home. And we don't want that. You have to you have to put yourself in their shoes if things are changing and then also negativity towards them from you. Um, they're gonna be like, "Wow, this sucks. I didn't feel this way in my old home." Yeah, look at this as an opportunity. You have a clean slate here, and this is a new opportunity to create new expectations and the bad habits that were in the old home. Maybe can stay at the old home. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Going back to what we can do to acclimate them to the home better. Like I said, don't have them come the night you're moving everything in and out, and do not, because a lot of people will do this. Like, oh, I gotta run to Home Depot, so then no one's in the house. And the dogs are, you know, either in the crate or running around by themselves in this new home. And it's terrifying. So just because, like, I would never do that to Oakley. You know what I mean? Like, he has separation anxiety. If I brought him to a brand new home and just dipped, he'd be freaking out. (laughs) He would lose it. Like, I would never do that to him. Even though he's so well socialized and is used to going to, like, every new place possible. I mean, how many friends' houses have we brought him to? Yeah, and he just he's, kind of... He's very resilient, but only when he's with us. He's exactly. Been, he, my dad calls him the goodbye dog. I still don't understand some, it. Goodbye girl. Goodbye so dog. So there's a, there's a movie called The Goodbye Girl, and it reminds him of Oakley because I guess she's been left so many times or something like that. I, if you've seen the movie, so you probably sad. understand. I don't... Oakley's been left and abandoned so many times before us that he's now has this, like, this deep-rooted separation anxiety. So he is the perfect dog. Until we leave him alone. Yeah. And then he's he's scared. He's anxious. Especially without Opal now. Mm-hmm. Um, We've been seeing it so much lately. The game's changing a little bit. Now he's regressed and he's showing some fear of thunderstorms. So this is just something that we're going to have to... It's 
anything in dog ownership, you need to adapt. Mm-hmm. And granted that thunderstorm plan. that thunderstorm was well, that, absolutely awful. That was like that the was, storm was, of the year. I was scared. I thought a tree was going to come down or our house that was, was going to get intense. electrocuted. He's he had big changes in his life. His best friend Opal had had died, so he's got those insecurities are back at the surface. So now yeah. we got we got work to do. We yes. got to put in work, mm-hmm. and, and we'll that's get, okay. We'll get him back to his baseline. We'll have to get him another puppy soon. Yeah, we got to get more space in here. I know. So working on what you can do to alleviate the stress from your dog when you move into the new home like I was saying my client before Ash's mom Chelsea she reached out to me and asked me what to do with him when bringing him to the new home obviously going through the rooms with him but she did say that she took a week off to kind of spend with him in the home this is not something everybody can do if you can I highly suggest it or work your schedule around where you can leave work a little bit early having family come stay with the dog for a little bit If this is possible, I highly suggest it. Make arrangements for your dog during this time because it is stressful being left in a new home completely by yourself during the day. And if you have a dog walker now and you're leaving that dog walker's jurisdiction, now's a good time to start looking around. Start setting up consults. See if they'll come do a consult at your house now to meet the dog and Mm -hmm. then they can meet them again when you actually move in and Mm -hmm. see your home. Don't wait till last minute to do that. Yes, that's the problem. Everybody waits or it's not their priority. Obviously, buying a house, selling an old house... It's very time consuming and it's exciting and emotional all in itself, but we can't let the dogs fall to the wayside because again, if they're having accidents and acting out and eating things that they normally wouldn't, it may be because you didn't do your due diligence in the beginning. So to save yourself eating moldings and pea floors, do a little bit of work before you move. Um, I think this is huge and it could really make or break this stay in your new home. Spending time with your dog in the new home, um, again, not whisking off somewhere immediately after bringing them there. Mental stimulation. Mental stimulation, 100%. I mean, how many times, even like when John and I go camping, I always bring frozen bones because now Oakley is absolutely used to getting at least one frozen marrow a day. That's just his normal routine and he's used to that. When we go camping, I mean, you're just out in the wilderness all day long. Nothing's really happening. I mean, some people go fishing, but for the most part, we're all just kind of hanging around the fire. And that becomes a little monotonous for them. So I brought frozen bones to kind of acquaint them. Acquaint them? Is that even a word? Um, (laughs) To get them used to with the situation, like getting them used to the campsite. And I think this, this really does help them. And I would do the same exact thing coming into a new home. For Zoe and Chi Chi, this is a little bit different because they are a little picky and they cannot have high value stuff in their crate together. Um, They're perfect angels in the crate, but if food is involved, um, they can get into a little scuffle. So we don't want that. And that goes for any dog. Even if you think your dogs are great and they're in the crate together, which I don't really suggest all the time. With Zoe and Chi Chi, it's different because I know they they absolutely are obsessed with each other. They're hyper bonded with each other. So So if they were in separate crates, it would just be... Be worse. It, at least for, for Chi-Chi, it would yeah. be extremely, extremely stressful for her. When so. she gets in the crate, she goes in first. She's like waiting for Zoe. She's tapping her feet until Zoe physically gets they into the They know it as a room. Go in your room. Go in your room. They, they run. run. <laughs> so the crate is a positive for, for them. Zoe doesn't want to go in all the time, but once she's in, she's fine. So for them, in that situation, I would definitely bring a bed or two that they're associated with that they like. Um, sitting in the new living room with them, letting them both have a frozen bone or a bully stick or something Blankets like that. Blankets from the old house. Like Blankets, get those unpacked. old smell. Absolutely. Don't wash everything, especially not the dog stuff. Things that they're familiar with, but just trying to get them 
um, acquainted and and spend good quality time with them in, in the new house. Don't make them feel like they're just like an accessory or like a piece of furniture, you know? Yeah, they need to be... Uh, and that's why I say don't just throw them into the mix when you're moving things around. Set aside that time to devote to them. So maybe it's the last two hours that you're going to be at the house. Have... Um, you know, a sibling or a, a child come bring the dogs from wherever they were to spend those two hours with you. So I think I think those those tips will really help anybody who's moving and has dogs that are anxious. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yes. Hopefully within the next month, we'll start the moving process. And we'll keep everybody updated. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on the podcast. Update, we're being joined by JJ. He's the current apprentice at Boston University. He's learning to train dogs. Four and a half months old. Doing great. So loves dogs. You might hear some cooing in the background if he decides to drop his binky. Don't be alarmed. I wanted to uh, include a fact of the day. Yes. This was actually from a study. It was actually published last week. Oh, really? Yes. It was published July 21st, 2020. And it showed dogs who experienced emotional or arousing events immediately after a training session had measurable improvement in memorability over the control group. So what does this mean? 30 minutes of play post-training can help your dog remember what they learned in their training session. That's really interesting. Right? I love that. I don't know why It's like we, chewing uh, gum when you're learning about the SATs. Yeah. <laughs> Who says positive reinforcement doesn't work? I know, right? So I thought that was a fun... That is fun. A fun uh, study to share. And that's something I can uh, pass along to my clients. So is it just play or like a frozen marabou? Well, they say what they used in the study was 30 minutes of play. Uh-huh. They believe that it would be any arousing activity mm-hmm. or emotional activity that's a positive one. Okay. Will yield the same results. I like that. So I'll add the study, the link to that study in the show notes for this episode. Oh, really? Thank you, sir. Telling everybody what you think? If you are trying to find it yourself, it would be dog-human play, but not resting, post-learning, improve, retraining, performance, up to one year after initial task acquisition. That's a really weird name for a study. (laughs) Can I do that again? Yeah. I swear this is what it is. Dog-human play. But not resting post-learning improve relearning performance up to one year after initial task acquisition and Labrador Retriever dogs a follow-on study. That's from the Department of Companion Animals, Clinical Unit of Internal Medicine, Small Animals at the University of Veterinary Medicine, Vienna. It's in Vienna, Austria. Well, the, that was the second part of it. It's uh, by Nadja Affenzeller, July 21st, 2020. Wow, I dig it. This article belongs to the special issue Sleep behavior and physiology of domestic dogs i'll put the link to that study if you'd like to cite it and do we have a question today we do um our best friend nicole um she has i think chevy is what nine months now yes chevy's about nine nine months. months um he's basically a clone of oakley he's just half the size which is super funny his life is very different than oakley's a lot of energy he's very rambunctious um he's very playful but he was adopted during the pandemic she didn't know he was going to be adopted during the pandemic. It was just before. So she thought that, you know, the girls would be at school. February, right? Yeah. End of February? It was, yes. Early was, March? No, it was... It was before the baby. It was March no. 4th. Really? Is when we met him. Okay. Or not? Yeah. Yeah, I was still pregnant. I think I... I March 6th. Yes. Because you went into labor the next day. Yes. Next morning mm-hmm. and didn't actually deliver till Sunday. And they, I think they had him for at least a week or two by then. So... 
they didn't really know that he was going to be a pandemic dog. She thought she'd be home with him by herself, be able to devote all this energy to him. And plot twist, uh, three kids came home and she had to homeschool all day long. So poor Chevy, you know, all she wanted to do was kind of help him. And she could see, you know, he was struggling a little bit. Not exactly how she planned it out, but he turned, he turned out pretty good. So her question to me was, why all of a sudden, like he used to scarf down his food. Why all of a sudden is he now taking his sweet time and going and taking a few morsels out of the bowl and then putting them on the floor to eat them. So I'll take this. As we know, when dogs go crazy, like scarfing down their food, that's usually anxiety related or it, they're not sure when the next meal is going to be. So usually when a dog goes from scarfing down their food to like now they're actually savoring it and enjoying it, we can usually chalk that up to they're more comfortable in their environment. They're more comfortable in their schedule. They know that they're going to get another meal. They're not worried where the next meal is going to come from. And she is very so much on his routine. Right. Like if it's a certain, like I think she feeds him at five. Mm -hmm. Like she knows it's five o'clock I have to feed him. Yes. Where we're a little bit more lax with that. Although there are some dogs that are just so hyped about food that Mm -hmm. like, no matter what, they're going to just rah, 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 yeah. and eat all their food yeah. like crazy. So don't think that that means your dog is anxious. Your dog might just be like Oakley and just really <laughs> love food. So if your dog goes from that to how Chevy is now, mm-hmm. that's usually a pretty good indicator that he's just more relaxed in his environment. Seems more comfortable. Now to address the whole taking kibble out of the bowl and dropping on the floor and eating it somewhere else thing. Pudge does this. Pudge does this. Drives me nuts. She does it all. She's looking at us. <laughs> it drives us nuts because she leaves them behind and forgets them and they fall between the cracks in the couch yes. and we'll find it later. Well, if anybody doesn't know, Pudge eats on top of the couch because she's a diva. <laughs> yeah, she's staring at us from the top of the couch right now. Next to her bowl, which is on her perch we don't exactly know why they do this but the best thing there there's like two possibilities one is it's most often observed out of a metal bowl mm-hmm. i don't think chevy has a metal bowl and pudge no, does not have a metal bowl ceramic. they're both ceramic bowls yes so this doesn't really apply to them but some dogs just don't like to eat out of the metal bowl mm-hmm. if it's their tag hits the bowl and the, the noise just makes them uncomfortable they'd rather mm-hmm. take it in large you know take a mouthful drop on the floor and eat take one it and one. run So sad. The other probably more legitimate theory is that because they are descendants of wolves, if you ever see like wolves in the wild and they're eating, the lower level ones will pick a piece and back up and they'll eat. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other ones will stay at it. The ones who are leading the pack will usually stay on Ah, the animal. And then the lower level, again, it's important to note, there is no actual hierarchy in dogs. Yes, That that kind of alpha thing is not even observed in wolves in the wild. It's only observed in wolves in captivity, which is probably for multiple other reasons. That's uh, that's another podcast for another day. Yes. (laughs) Your dog does not think you're alpha. Because they're they're social animals and descendants of animals that would eat in groups, mm-hmm. it's, it might just be something that's so ingrained in them. But now that you're saying that, backing up, and I'm thinking I'm thinking of Pudge's situation because she, uh, for those of you who don't know, Pudge is from a hoarding case. Yeah, I know hoarding cases are bad, right? Oh. So she came from a hoarding case where there were 300 dogs in one house well it was like 270 before everybody had their babies but at the end there was like 76 yeah and then there was three, like three the final 20. number was like 330 something yeah after so everybody after everybody had, had their, babies. their babies pudge was only two weeks old i found her in garbage she wasn't breathing anyway john and i fostered her from the time she was three weeks old so no mom we basically had to give her like powdered milk yada 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 anyway here she is now four years old um that was a yawn yes it was <laughs> long story short pudge runs the show um, she's Queen Bee. Hold on, hold on. We're telling about Pudge's story. 
But now that you're thinking, like I'm thinking about what you were just talking about, I'm thinking back to all the other animal, like all the other dogs that were in that house. Mm-hmm. They all do that too. And the and the the manner at which they were fed was yes. basically a forty pound bag of dog chow, hard like hard dog chow from like Walmart, dumped in the middle of the room. Yeah, get that baby off the mic. Dumped in the middle of the room and they would all just come up and they'd take their turns and then they'd back away and then let other ones come in. So that behavior, obviously, we believe may be descended from when they were wolves and it's just kind of still ingrained in some of the ones that still have that kind of mentality. Well, like you're saying though, like I remember seeing all the dogs together, like when we would do play groups and stuff, there were specific dogs from the Howl House that definitely like ran the show way more than other ones. Like, remember Chewy used to pick on what's his face all the time, and we had to separate them. Chewy had to end up being by himself. Yeah, there were certain dogs who definitely um, ran the show and would pick on the either smaller ones or like the more timid dogs. Um, so I think it's it's very much like what you were saying. Like the the more the stronger, more territorial dogs would stay by the large chunk of food and the little ones would just kind of come up and grab some and run. So I'm wondering if that's kind of like more hereditary in her than anything else. Uh, Chevy's a different story. I mean, again, we don't know his situation. We know he was in foster care and that he, you know, he was a puppy, but we don't know mom and dad's history. So that could be their issue too. So it's very interesting that you said that. And now that I'm thinking back to her situation at Howell and they're all of their how they would deal with food. Mm-hmm. It's not a definitive answer, but it's something to talk probably about. Probably the best we have to go off of. Something I think to that we did tell her over text message that he's just weird, <laughs> but I definitely wanted to address this because it's it, it's interesting when I found that study um, or I found that link between the two. Yes, and it's it makes a lot of sense. There's no reason for this behavior to be changed. Like it's a totally normal behavior. Yeah, unless he's like destroying your rug, which I highly doubt because it's well, dry you know, food. Nicole is a clean freak. <laughs> yeah. If anything, Chevy's showing that he's relaxed. He's not worried about someone coming in and taking all his food from him. He's probably willing to share with another dog if there's another dog in the house. Although that behavior might change. Well, next time if we have Oakley over, uh, we'll see how Chevy eats when Oakley's there. If that'd be interesting to see if he actually pulls away from the bowl. But it's not a bad behavior. It's not something you should worry about having to change. It's not an indicator of a bigger issue that's underlying. It's just kind of dogs being dogs. Being weird. I like it. (laughs) Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We would really appreciate it. Um, Facebook, Instagram. uh, We have a lot of stuff on YouTube. Again, everything is Possum University. Subscribe on here. Please give us a review. We would love to see what everybody thinks about us and if there's anything that... You know, you would like us to improve on. Um, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, um, we do these weekly. John is doing now on Fridays a um, a small bite, which is a smaller episode just discussing one specific topic. So we are constantly looking for new topics that you guys all want to learn about. Even if it's something like like Nicole's thing with Chevy taking the food out of the bowl. It seems so stupid and like so little, but... If you want to know about it, we'll research it. We'll come up with stuff. You know, we'll, we'll give you our truest opinion on what we think is going on with your dog. So give us these questions. Even if they're random, we don't care. We find everything interesting. So let us know what you got going on and we can put it on the podcast. Again, give us a review if you can. We would really love that. And that's it. So everybody have a great day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you Friday. Yes. John will talk to you Friday. I'll talk to you Friday on our small bites. <laughs> yes. Until next week. Class dismissed.